Hello and welcome to the Rugby Girls Podcast. I'm John Keenan. No mai harimai. Today is June 30th and now let's talk some rugby. Alright, so just want to get a quick apology in. I uh, haven't been uh, around the last couple of weeks or pretty much uh, the month of June really uh, to do too many podcasts. So I apologize for that. Uh, it is basically the last day uh, of the first half of the year, so I thought I'd get in a little bit of a fun exercise, uh, maybe just have a look at some of the uh, major club champions uh, from the first six months of the year, uh, and then think about like what could be, or like you know what could be like a fairly interesting, say sort of like super team, super league, uh, sort of like matchup, if you will, uh, for the month of July. Uh, if, you know, World Rugby uh, was to, you know, sort of tinker around and change a few things. So, yeah, just thought I'd do uh, a little bit of a recap uh, of some of the major tournaments uh, and who were the champions, but then I also thought I'd have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, so basically what I'm going to do um, is just kind of go through uh, in no particular order, uh, although I guess I have kind of divided my um, sort of like theoretical or like, you know, uh, mythical Uh, at present, I guess, uh, you know, sort of like Club Champions Cup or whatever you'd want to call it, Uh, I have kind of put it into like four teams from, say, the East or the Eastern Hemisphere, uh, and then four teams from the West. Um, I have not included uh, any Major League Rugby uh, or any like North or South American, uh, you know, clubs uh, in this. So essentially like uh, my Eastern Conference or my Eastern Hemisphere uh, is going to be, you know, Super Rugby uh, as it is or as it has been for the last couple of years. Uh, primarily, you know, Australia and New Zealand teams uh, plus a Japanese side. Uh, and then my Western Conference or Western Hemisphere uh, is going to be the European tournaments. <clears throat> uh, but also including uh, or potentially including uh, South Africa uh, who was involved uh, in the Rainbow Cup uh, this year. Uh, so yeah, let, let's get into it and just, I think the first thing to do is to actually just recap, uh, you know, reality uh, and go through uh, the major the major championships or major tournaments, major leagues, uh, however you want to call it, uh, and see who won, basically, you know, who got all the, who got who got the lollies, who got the, uh, the silverware this year. Uh, and then once we've done that, uh, perhaps, you know, we can make a, a, a top eight, if you will, like a sort of like a super eight uh, for world rugby. So yeah, uh, I'm going to start over in the east, the eastern hemisphere. Uh, so you'll notice that I'm probably kind of deliberately not calling it the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. Now the reasons for that uh, is becoming more and more apparent, I think, uh, if you're following, you know, like your your rugby leagues uh, around the world. Uh, you know, it's becoming pretty clear, you know, like that South Africa has bedded itself in uh, with the uh, old uh, Pro 14. Uh, and they've you know re- they've actually even launched officially like a a new tournament uh, to be started, um, which actually I it, f- it escapes my mind actually what it's called. Uh, uh, is it like ultimate rugby or rugby something? I, I'm actually not even sure <laughs> what it's called. Uh, to be honest, I'm not really sure why they uh, moved away from the uh, pro, uh, you know, sort of like logo name as such. I think it would have been fairly easy to just call it the Pro 16. I'm not quite sure like why anyone would have had an issue with that. Uh, but as it is, uh, they have created some uh, new championship. I should probably stop talking about it because I, I cannot remember what the acronym is. But it is some sort of uh, three-letter acronym. <clears throat> so, you know, like feel free to correct me if you want. But, I mean, obviously, um, you know, that's the four top South African teams bedded in. Uh, you know, with the Irish, with the Welsh, with the Scots uh, and the Italians uh, to form, you know, a 16-team comp. So, you know, that's certainly not, 
that's certainly not Northern Hemisphere, that's not European, you know, that's a Western Hemisphere idea. Now, I think, uh, you know, in the Eastern Hemisphere, uh, you know, Australia and New Zealand are a ways away uh, from bidding in uh, something with Japan, but I still do think it is on the horizon, uh, you know, that we are going to uh, see a continuation of, you know, Super Rugby, Super Rugby played, you know, in Australia, Super Rugby played in New Zealand, played in the Pacific Islands, uh, hopefully we get some sort of like 12 team tournament out of that but we're also going to see uh, an extension to that tournament so rather than sort of having uh, you know a Super Rugby Trans-Tasman uh, which was a little bit of a dud you'd have to say this year it wasn't really an extension uh, on top of Super Rugby Aotearoa and Super Rugby AU uh, it was pretty flat you'd have to say uh, I think instead of seeing something like that um, you know you're going to have a Super Rugby competition essentially in Oceania or in the Pacific uh, and then you're going to see extension with the best, uh, you know, Japanese top league teams uh, and whatever the Japanese top league is renamed uh, in 2021, or sorry, 2022, I guess it will be. Now, I, I wouldn't see too much of that change happening until uh, post-World Cup. Now, it's already been, um, you know, signposted that Japan, like the Japanese national team, put on a pretty good show uh, for their British and Irish Lions warm-up match uh, at Murrayfield uh, a weekend ago, last weekend. Uh, and I think, you know, already there's momentum, you know, obviously uh, quarter-finalists at the 2019 Rugby World Cup, successful 2019 Rugby World Cup host, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. They, they're certainly, you know, knocking on the door pretty hard uh, to essentially be, um, you know, Italy and or Scotland, uh, if you will, uh, of the rugby championship, you know, with Australia, New Zealand, South Africa and Argentina. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's definitely going to be happening, I think, in 2024. Like, all the, all the signs, all the sort of leaking into the media is that Japan, uh, you know, post-2023 Rugby World Cup, so in 2024, is going to be part of the Rugby Championship. So, you know, that's going to expand out to, like, five teams. Now, you know, once you do that, obviously, you know, like, Argentina is in massive limbo now. Like, it doesn't have the Jaguares. It doesn't really have a home or like a club level home uh, anywhere in the world um, but you know it still does have a pretty firm home in Sansa at the international level uh, but I think you know Japan is really going to bet itself in by you know having an independent you know Japanese top league uh, for you know a good portion of the season uh, which will be a very high quality standalone competition but it is then going to have like crossover extension you know, so maybe like the top four Japanese top league teams or whatever they're named in the future are going to be crossing over, you know, for a sort of like a like a, a, a super league, if, if you know what I mean, uh, with perhaps, say, the top four teams uh, in super rugby coming out of Australia, New Zealand and the Pacific Islands. So, yeah, like I really look forward to that. It's going to be, you know, something of, I think, of, you know, pretty high quality, uh, you know, that's going to be uh, a rival, you know, to, you know, what we have. Uh, you know, with European Cup or like the European Cup, you know, basically an amalgam, you know, of, you know, French, English, uh, and then, you know, the Pro 14, now the Pro 16, now the whatever it's called with, you know, South Africa involved. So, yeah, it'll be good to see. Uh, so that's sort of why I'm continually talking about East and West here or Eastern Hemisphere, Western Hemisphere, Eastern Conference, Western Conference uh, for my teams and for my uh, championships because I really do think the idea of a Northern and Southern Hemisphere is gone uh, in rugby. So yeah, let's start over in the East, uh, which is essentially uh, you know Japan, 
Australia, New Zealand, and then their composite Trans Tasman, uh, you know, tournament that just played out uh, a week, a week and a half ago. So I'll start with Japan. Uh, basically, uh, the winner there was Panasonic, the Panasonic Wild Knights. Uh, so that final was uh, Suntory versus the Panasonic Wild Knights. I believe Suntory had the uh, uh, one seed or like the top billing there, uh, but it was Panasonic that won it. Uh, 31-26, so they were the, uh, that was the final, 31-26, the Panasonic, uh, they were the Japanese top league champions for 2021, so well done to Panasonic, uh, certainly a club on the make uh, with Robbie Deans uh, as head coach, uh, and they seem to be attracting quite a lot of interest uh, from both New Zealand and Australian players, they already have uh, some pretty good international talent, <clears throat> obviously along with some pretty high quality Japanese talent uh, at the club already. Uh, so yeah, Panasonic, uh, definitely one to watch uh, in the next couple of years. Uh, if we go to the Australian competition, so Super Rugby AU, uh, we had the Reds uh, taking on the Brumbies uh, from Brisbane. So the Reds were at home for that one, the number one seed, uh, and they managed a very late win there. They got over the line 19-16 at home uh, in a very, very much uh, an extra time, injury time. Uh, you know, performance there, had to dig very deep uh, to get that win, but they got it. So 19-16 to the Reds uh, in Brisbane uh, for their first uh, Super Rugby or Super Rugby AU title. Uh, if we push over to New Zealand and have a look at Super Rugby Aotearoa, uh, so the first part of the competition there, uh, it was the Crusaders at home to the Chiefs, uh, and it was 24-13 to the Crusaders uh, to win their second uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa title. Uh, and then their fifth Super Rugby title in a row, uh, if you go back to 2017. So yeah, pretty incredible effort uh, by the Crusaders. Uh, to continue on from there though, we had Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, which was an extra sort of six weeks uh, to Super Rugby AU and Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, was basically just crossover games or cross-conference games, uh, you know, Australian teams playing the other New Zealand teams, the New Zealand teams playing the other Australian teams. Uh, as it was, like I said before, it's a little bit of a dud. Um, you know, basically the top Australian teams just really couldn't get their game going, just couldn't really perform at the tournament. Uh, I think everybody knew that at least the bottom two, if not the bottom three in Australia, were going to be very weak in this competition. Uh, but I think people were kind of hoping for a little bit more from the Brumbies uh, and the Reds as your teams two and one uh, coming out of Australia, uh, but it wasn't to be. So through five rounds, uh, which is 25 games, uh, we unfortunately had a very lopsided uh, 23 wins to 2 uh, for the New Zealand teams. Uh, and that essentially meant that the Australian teams were out of the running uh, for uh, Super Rugby Trans-Tasman like after two rounds. Certainly by the third round of five, uh, you know, it was all just about what New Zealand team could qualify, how many of those New Zealand teams were going to be unbeaten you know, by the time they got to the finish line. So, you know, that certainly did take uh, a fair bit of wind out of the sails of the competition. Uh, but it was good to see, um, you know, some sort of extension, some sort of crossover. Uh, it was definitely good to see that after 2020. Uh, it, was the it was the next logical progression uh, and, you know, Super Rugby getting back on its feet uh, after COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Uh, so what do we see, though? Uh, I guess a very interesting thing is uh, the finalists. So, I mean, like I just said, you know, Australia really just didn't turn up to that party, 23-2 uh, and two, uh, in terms of wins to the New Zealand teams. Um, so yeah, we're certainly talking about New Zealand finalists, but uh, we did not see the Crusaders or the Chiefs uh, in the final. In fact, the Crusaders finished back in third, the Chiefs finished back in fifth. Uh, 
and so what do we have? Well, we had the Blues in top spot hosting the final against the Highlanders. So that was definitely quite interesting, just to have a couple of fresh finalists, Crusaders not involved, uh, and the Blues at home chasing a title uh, essentially for the first time in about 20 years. Like I think it was 2003, uh, I think was the uh, time, um, their last time in a final or their last uh, championship. Uh, so yeah, it was the Blues at home to the Highlanders for Suburban Trans-Tasman, uh, and it was a 23-18, oh sorry, 23-15, uh, to the uh, Blues. So yeah, can't read my own writing there. But yeah, 23-15 to the Blues uh, in the finish. Had to work fairly hard, uh, you know, to, to get back into that match uh, after the Highlanders just taking points, taking points, taking points, absorbing a huge amount of punches, a huge amount of pressure. Uh, but the Blues uh, were good enough, and I think they were, you know, the better team on the day. Uh, so good to see them finally execute, uh, you know, one or two tries uh, in the finish. Uh, and was well, certainly one try uh, in the finish uh, and get up and over the Highlanders. I think they deserved it for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so what does that leave us with, uh, from the east, or from the Eastern Hemisphere as such? Well, it would mean your Japanese champion is the Panasonic Wild Knights. Your Australian AU champion are the Reds. Your New Zealand Aotearoa champion uh, is the Crusaders, uh, and then your Super Rugby Trans Tasman champion uh, would be the Blues. So that could be four teams, sort of like four champions uh, from the Eastern Conference or the Eastern Hemisphere. So now let's like push it over to the Western Hemisphere or the Western Conference and see uh, who did good things uh, essentially in Europe uh, this year. Uh, although, like I said, uh, there is a little bit of South African involvement here as well. Uh, so the competitions that I want to look at uh, in no particular order uh, is England or the English uh, Premiership, uh, France uh, and their top 14. Uh, then I want to have a look at Europe, basically like the you know the European Cup uh, or the European Champions Cup, um, which is you know basically I guess the 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 biggest and best uh, you know competition in Europe for sure. Uh, and then I want to finish by having a look at the Rainbow Cup, uh, which is perhaps a little bit uh, contentious, uh, but you know I think it's fair enough to have a look at that Rainbow Cup. It's essentially an amalgam of the you know Super Rugby South African teams. Uh, and, you know, what was the Pro 14, or the Pro 12, I guess, uh, less a couple of South African teams. Uh, so, you know, like, they basically all got together and had a pretty, you know, a pretty short and kind of weird uh, little tournament uh, that I don't think anybody would uh, really want to see, uh, you know, happen again. I think it'll be mostly best forgotten, uh, other than perhaps for uh, who actually came out as champion, uh, but I guess we'll get to that later. So yeah, basically, I'm just going to focus on those uh, four competitions or those four leagues, tournaments, whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, again, obviously, that's going to give us uh, four teams or four winners, four clubs uh, from the Western Hemisphere or the Western Conference. So let's start off with England and the English Premiership. Uh, and that final, I believe, was just played last weekend. Uh, so it's pretty hot off the press. Uh, and it was Exeter uh, taking on Harlequins. Exeter being uh, top seed there. Uh, but it was Harlequins who got the win. It was 40-38 to Harlequins. Now, I believe Harlequins uh, came from fourth spot on the ladder uh, to win away uh, in their semi-final against Bristol uh, and then upset Exeter in the final. Uh, so, you know, well done to Harlequins there, like back-to-back -back weekends and finals rugby, getting it done. So excellent result uh, for, you know, the English uh, Premiership there, uh, you know, getting um, a little bit of a left-field call, you know, the Harlequins getting up from fourth spot. So yeah, Harlequins won that one, 
uh, from fourth seed, I believe, and that was 40-38 to the Harlequins. So well done. Uh, at the same time, or essentially at the same time, uh, in France, in the top 14, um, Toulouse uh, was taking on La Rochelle. Now again, uh, I believe Toulouse uh, was the top-ranking team there, uh, and they beat La Rochelle uh, 18-8. Uh, in the French top 14 final. So 18-8 to Toulouse uh, in the top 14 final. Uh, push it on to Europe and have a look at the you know European Champions Cup, uh, which was actually a repeat. It was earlier in the year, uh, but it was actually a repeat uh, of that France or French top 14 um, you know, uh, shootout there. So the European Champions Cup final was Toulouse uh, against La Rochelle, uh, and Toulouse won that as well, 22-17. So basically Toulouse, good enough to win the French Top 14 and win the European Champions Cup. So that's a really impressive double, uh, and they actually beat the same team, La Rochelle, twice. Uh, so you really do have to feel uh, for La Rochelle, like a touch there. Um, and then, you know, final thing I want to have a look at, basically final tournament, I guess, uh, is the Rainbow Cup that was essentially played between, like I said, uh, the Pro 14 uh, lists their South African teams, uh, and then the introduction of the four, you know, Super Rugby South African teams uh, that will, uh, as of, you know, 2021-2022 uh, season, will have a home uh, in Europe. So it's a little bit of a, you know, a preview to, you know, what is to come, uh, you know, uh, in the future. Uh, and it was a pretty surprising result. Um, Benetton, the uh, Italian team, uh, managed to make it into the final, uh, essentially representing Europe. Uh, and it was the Bulls uh, from South Africa, who were basically the best of the South African Super Rugby sides, or ex-Super Rugby sides. Uh, so the Bulls travelled up to Benetton uh, in Italy. I think most people thought that the Bulls were going to you know, take care of business here. Uh, but it was actually 35-8 to Benetton. So it was a huge win, huge boil over uh, for the Italian team, Benetton. So they will be very happy with that. Um, you know, you'd have to say that would have to go down as like one of the best, um, you know, victories, uh, certainly, you know, for Benetton, uh, you know, to pick up that Rainbow Cup win. Um, probably never going to defend it. Uh, I, I would imagine the Rainbow Cup's probably going to go the same way uh, as the Trans-Tasman, uh, Super Rugby Trans-Tasman tournament. They uh, may well be tournaments that never get repeated, uh, but you'd have to say uh, Benetton, you know, first and foremost, just getting the wins that they got uh, and being able to represent for Europe, you know, hey, well done. Uh, obviously, they were inside of a pool uh, where they got to play uh, the other Italian team uh, and the Scottish teams, so you'd have to say that they were in a fairly weak European pool uh, as basically the, you know, four Irish teams banged it out against each other the four Welsh teams banded out against each other. The two Scots and two Italian teams banded out against each other. Uh, so, you know, there was a little, little bit of uh, crossover as well. It's quite a convoluted, weird tournament of involving like six rounds. Um, but basically, you know, you, you would have to say Benetton got kind of the easiest of the three pools. Uh, it made hay, though, uh, and did a good job and basically got top billing and got to represent, um, you know, for Europe. Uh, and, you know, really from there, I think everybody just thought, well, this is, this this tournament is a little bit farcical, you know, Benetton probably shouldn't be representing Europe, they're going to get destroyed by the Bulls, you know, they're going to come up from South Africa and just dominate, 
Uh, and as it was, it was Benetton that, you know, put on a clinic and won 35-8 over the Bulls. Uh, so that was certainly a bit of a slap in the face uh, for, you know, South African rugby or South African club rugby uh, that has kind of been in exile uh, for the last couple of years. It hasn't really been able to play, uh, you know, internationally against, you know, other, other countries. Uh, so, you know, that was a pretty huge wake-up call uh, for the Bulls uh, based out of South Africa or based out of Pretoria. So, yeah, 35-8 to Benetton. So, you know, if I recap those champions uh, from the West or the Western Hemisphere there, uh, what do I have? Well, from England, we have Harlequins, who beat Exeter. Uh, from France, we have Toulouse, who beat La Rochelle. Uh, from Europe, we have Toulouse, that beat La Rochelle. Uh, and then from the Rainbow Cup, we have Benetton, which beat uh, the Bulls uh, from South Africa. So you would have, you know, Harlequins, Toulouse, and Benetton as your three champions or your three clubs but uh, you would need to find uh, a fourth team there. So I think uh, for my exercise, I'm going to say La Rochelle uh, essentially gets, um, you know, fourth spot there uh, due to the fact that, you know, Toulouse, uh, you know, won the French top 14 and it won the European Cup, uh, and La Rochelle was runner-up in both. Uh, so I'm going to say, you know, Harlequins, Toulouse, Benetton, and then La Rochelle, uh, are the four uh, Western Hemisphere or Western Conference, uh, basically, teams uh, in my little, like, you know, Super Cup of 2021, uh, which is never going to happen. So, yeah, you know, like, what would what would that be then, uh, you know, just for a little bit of fun, you know, what, what would you be looking at? Well, in the East, like we said before, Panasonic, the Reds, the Crusaders, the Blues, in the West, Harlequins, La Rochelle, Toulouse, and Benetton. So, you know, I think that would be a pretty interesting little tournament, um, you know, to see exactly who came in, who, who came out on top. Uh, you know, how would you play that tournament? Well, I think probably the, the simplest way to do it would obviously be to bring uh, all eight teams to essentially a neutral venue, perhaps, you know, somewhere in Asia, something like that. Uh, and then obviously just have like three weekends or like, you know, three rounds, three weekends of competition. So I think you'd probably... <clears throat> you know, want to seed the four East teams uh, and basically draw them um, against, you know, the four West teams. Um, you know, play them as quarterfinals, get your four winners, play them as semifinals, and then, you know, get get a finalist and get a, and get a champion. I think that would be a pretty interesting exercise uh, to do something like that, you know. And it does make you think, um, you know, is there too much international rugby going on at the moment? And, you know, what what do we need, what do we get uh, out of having July internationals? Now, obviously, you know, this year uh, you have the British and Irish Lions, uh, you know, which is once every four years. Uh, and they're, you know, going to be touring down in South Africa. So, you know, that is certainly obviously a very meaningful, very worthy, um, you know, tour and, you know, spectacle uh, inside of World Rugby. Um, but generally speaking, away from that, you, you know, you've got to ask yourself, like, why why do we kind of like cut off Super Rugby at the knees, uh, you know, and kind of rather than having like a longer sort of like double round format, like a six month kind of competition, we have more like a four and a half month competition. Like, why do we do that? Well, it's so that like we can have, you know, Northern Hemisphere teams come down to the Southern Hemisphere or, you know, as I've been saying, you know, Western Hemisphere teams come to the Eastern Hemisphere. Uh, and you've just got to think like, you know, do they even want to come? Like, often they're not really bringing their best and brightest. Um, you know, I think a good example of this is, you know, what are, what are France doing uh, in Australia uh, for this series? Uh, I don't believe they're coming down with, like, a particularly strong, uh, you know, French team. 
Now, uh, it might get bolstered, um, you know, as the tour goes on, I think. Uh, but essentially, you know, just to due, due to how late, um, you know, the club championships have been uh, in England and in France, uh, it basically means, you know, the French team has got a huge number of players that are like that are ruled out um, of their Australian series, or certainly the start of that Australian series. And it does kind of make you wonder, you know, like, what is the point? Uh, you know, and like, what could you replace it with? Well, you know, uh, some a food for thought really uh, could be, you know, some sort of you know like world club challenge, right? Like some sort of like world club, club rugby championship. Uh, and you'd have to say July would be a very very attractive time for almost every team to have a really good squad uh, available, uh, especially if you basically took away uh, the July tours, like the July international tours uh, from the southern hemisphere. Now, obviously, you know, this is like just a little bit of fun. It's a little bit of a spitball, um, and you'd have to get a huge amount of buy-in there. Um, but, you know, you, you do have to look at just, you know, uh, is, is a three-test series, you know, is it really that important to Australia or New Zealand, etc.? You know, like, uh, are there other things that they could be doing in July, for example? Um, you know, and I, and I guess, you know, that is to be decided into the future. But I certainly do. I certainly would like, um, you know, the idea of an east-west, you know, club championship. If it is going to happen, um, you know, something like this could be quite interesting. And I think July is probably the right time of the year uh, to do it. So yeah, uh, I'm not really going to talk too much more. I don't have that much prepared, but I thought it was pretty much like, you know, like I said, it's the June 30th. Uh, it's the last day uh, of the first half of the year, uh, and I haven't really gotten a podcast in for you know a week or two. Uh, so yeah, you know, like I just wanted to pretty much, uh, you know, like put a line through, um, a few key competitions that I follow. I obviously, you know, the Japanese top league, um, you know, and, you know, Panasonic's a victory over Suntory there, 31-26. Uh, put a bit of a line through, you know, the Australian and New Zealand, you know, Super Rugby conferences or Super Rugby, uh, competitions, and then their crossover, you know, Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. Uh, and then I just wanted to have a, a really, really quick little recap look at what's been going on in Europe, uh, essentially England, France, uh, you know, the European Cup uh, in general, or Champions Cup in general, uh, and then even that Rainbow Cup, which is, you know, a little bit of a prototype or a little bit of a forerunner uh, as to what the Pro 14 uh, is going to be or is going to become, you know, next year. So, yeah, you know, like, I think it'd be pretty interesting uh, if you could get a little bit of a, you know, major club champions um, sort of, like, tournament going in July. I think you could certainly, you know, have a little bit of fun with that. Uh, and, you know, I just think international touring, you know, could it be done, could it be done, say, uh, in November? Could it be done, perhaps, even for a little bit of a longer period of time? So could it be done, perhaps, in October and November, or, you know, like, six weeks of that time? Uh, you know, just just to make it a little bit more uh, of a true tour, you know, and maybe maybe you've actually got teams away, like touring for a solid, you know, like four, five, six weeks. Maybe they're playing midweek games. Obviously, um, you could you know reinvent a revenue sharing model there, um, so that you know away teams in Europe for perhaps a month or more are actually getting a cut um, of what's going on in terms of ticket sales, etc. Uh, and obviously, you know, you'd have to do that uh, if July internationals were no longer happening. Uh, but, you know, I, I do feel like if you basically made, you know, the Six Nations, you know, a European deal uh, in sort of February, March, 
you know, you made, um, you know, Sansa's the Rugby Championship, like a, essentially a Southern Hemisphere deal or an Eastern Hemisphere deal, you know, involving uh, the usual suspects plus Japan uh, over the next, you know, say five to ten years. Uh, and you basically made that more of like an August-September deal. Uh, and then, you know, maybe you have a look at actually, you know, internationally crossing over perhaps more in, say, October, November, you know, and really giving, you know, teams... Uh, you know, good touring time, you know, a good amount of touring time and just revenue share. Uh, and that way, I think you probably could delete out of the schedule, you know, these these incoming sort of like European tours, um, which I don't think the European teams really want to be on. They don't seem to be particularly competitive uh, most of the time uh, in those tours. Uh, and, you know, like perhaps that would open up uh, maybe a little bit more of a club championship extension, uh, you know, for everyone. So yeah, just something to think about there. So yeah, that's pretty much it from me. Uh, a little bit of a rambling, unprepared effort. Um, a little bit hypothetical and weird, but or esoteric, I don't know, meta, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I hope you liked it just a little bit. Um, I'll be back pretty soon though, I have to say, because uh, tomorrow, 1st of July, will be my dad's birthday. So, you know, happy birthday, dad, I love you. Um, so yeah, try and get in touch with my dad for sure. Uh, but that's nothing to do with rugby. Uh, but I will be back tomorrow, which will be 1st of July. It'll be a Thursday, uh, and it should be the team naming Thursday, or the kind of like first All Blacks team will be announced uh, for their first test of the season. Uh, it's going to be against Tonga, so I don't think it's going to be too important uh, who's named, but it will be interesting to see uh, what direction uh, or like what the thought process is uh, in and around the All Blacks camp after a couple of weeks of training. So yeah, like I think I'll probably be back tomorrow uh, just have a, a little bit of a look over that. Uh, if not tomorrow, then probably Friday. Uh, but yeah, I'll be obviously you know having a bit of a having a bit of a look, keeping interested uh, in the match in the key matches, I guess, which will be uh, for me, uh, you know, the All Blacks uh, taking on Tonga uh, and then Fiji twice, uh, Australia taking on France in a three-test series, uh, and of course the British and Irish Lions uh, taking on South Africa uh, in a Lions tour uh, down in South Africa. So, you know, those are going to be the, the key series uh, inside of July uh, that I'll be following. So, yeah, I'll probably be back in the next day or two uh, to, you know, get back into reality uh, and, you know, have a little bit of a look around uh, those upcoming series or those upcoming fixtures. So, yeah, pretty much going to leave it there. Uh, thanks for listening. If you did, I think it was a little bit of a rambler. Uh, but, you know, hey, at least I got something out there for you. Um, thanks to do. Uh, if you would like uh, I almost feel embarrassed saying you know can you give me a like or a follow I feel like that was a, a pretty terrible podcast to be honest but you know uh, if you have hung in there uh, and you haven't given me a like and or a follow uh, on Facebook that would be awesome so I've got a Facebook page the Rugby Girls Podcast if you could give me a like follow there excellent um, other things to do uh, I guess uh, I'm easing around in the world uh, of Reddit uh, usually putting a few things up there uh, sometimes putting my podcasts up, not too often, but uh, often, you know, like uh, sharing articles or sharing opinions, sharing ideas there. Uh, so if you use Reddit, if you like rugby, you use Reddit, uh, perhaps you can find the Rugby Girls podcast uh, at Reddit as well. Um, yeah, I don't think there's too much else to do. Um, I guess uh, Spotify, uh, I would I recommend Spotify and or Google Podcasts uh, as good, you know, podcast platforms uh, to listen to this through. So perhaps, uh, if you could, maybe subscribe and or follow me uh, through Spotify uh, and or Google Podcasts. But hey, you know, it's up to you. 
it's free, uh, a free country as such, right? Or a free internet, sort of, perhaps, not really. So yeah, uh, gotta leave it at that, um, sort of dying on the vine here. So yeah, nice to get back, uh, feel a very rusty uh, after having not done this podcast for a couple of weeks, uh, it's quite surprising, um, you know, when you're kind of used to doing something like this maybe twice a week, you feel just so much better, so much more polished uh, at doing it, uh, you know, you get busy, you get distracted, you, you basically can't do a podcast for a couple of weeks like I've just done now, uh, and you know, you get a pretty terrible result, <laughs> which is I think pretty much most of this episode. But hey, I hope you got something, a little bit of enjoyment out of it in some way, shape, or form, if you could. So yeah, you know, obviously uh, at their Facebook page, uh, feel free to get in touch with me. Um, send me a private message and or a comment, uh, you know, if you just want to check in, say hello, talk things rugby. But yeah, that's going to be it from me for now. So uh, I guess a very, very final thing to do there. Uh, obviously, congratulations to Panasonic, the Panasonic Wild Knights, for being uh, you know Japanese top league champions in 2021. Um, congratulations to Harlequins for being you know English or English Premiership champions uh, in 2021. Congratulations uh, to Toulouse, uh, not just for winning uh, in France and winning the top 14 for 2021, but also being European Cup champions. It's a hell of a double. Well done. Uh, congratulations to Benetton uh, from a couple of weeks ago uh, beating the Bulls. That would have to be, I think, one of the most um, you know surprise upsets of 2021 uh, on certainly you know professional club rugby. Uh, and then you know if I finish off there, congratulations to the Reds for being you know Super Rugby AU champions. Congratulations to the Crusaders for being Super Rugby Aotearoa champions, second time in a row. Uh, and then, obviously, congratulations to the Blues from a couple of weeks ago becoming Super Rugby Trans-Tasman champions. Maybe the only time we ever see, uh, you know, a Trans-Tasman winner. So, you know, a nice little piece of silverware to keep. And, you know, probably something similar for Benetton uh, and that Rainbow Cup. So, yeah, you know, congratulations to those uh, champion clubs uh, from the first six months of 2021. So, yeah, I'm going to peace out there. Uh, Mate wa. I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye.